curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under the covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. We are so glad that you're here, and God is glad that you're here. The Holy Spirit is glad that you're here. If you're watching, we just welcome you as well. Father, we lift up the name of Jesus in this place today. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. And Lord, we welcome you here today, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Are you ready to worship this morning? Let's stand together. I'm gonna dance and praise it. It doesn't matter what comes my way. The greater one lives inside of me. His name is Jesus. I'm on a winner. More than Victoria. I'm a narrow kingdom. Filled with the Holy Ghost. 
okay. I know a lot of you, if you could run, you would run, right? We were the beggars. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free, right? So I like our kids that know how to run. I see somebody was running. We're going to sing this part. I want to see our kids just running around the church. You get permission to run around the church. You're going to run on behalf of all of us. So we can see what it's like to have this childlike way of being free. What do you say? Come on, we're in church. Hey! 
we demonstrate our love to you in this place today. And we say that we believe every single thing that you ever say to us. Everything that you've ever said to us, we believe in this place today, Father.
praise the Lord God Almighty. We glorify you. We honor you. We reverence you. Lord, this is all about you. May you be glorified in all that we do, all that we say, how we live, how we walk. Oh, glory to your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being who you are and doing what you did. You finished it. You completed it. You made it happen. And we just rest in that fact. And we thank you, Lord, that you are in our midst and you're speaking to us. So we listen and we attend to your words. I'm speaking to you as I always have spoken to you. My word is true. Follow it and you will break through. Follow it and you will be filled through and through. For I have great things in store for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you can, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They do a phenomenal job. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're glad you're here this morning. You're in a special place this morning. Hallelujah. It's on today. Praise the Lord. You know, in worship, I want to tell you something. Sometimes it's good to be in the corporate worship, right? Because you can grab things that other people can do that you can't do. And uh, I I think when our kids um, were doing things on behalf of us, look at it like a breakthrough, like a breakout, you know, just free. To run your race that God plotted out for you. Just run it. (laughs) Amen. So don't hold back in your prayers and don't hold back in what you're saying to God because you're not seeing things. Don't worry about all that. Just think somebody is running it for you. You just speak it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we like to speak the word around here, don't we? Yes. Why do we speak the word? Because the word works. And Jesus gave us the authority to speak the word. So we want to invite you to join us as we make our confession based on his word. Jesus Jesus is our our Lord and master. And and we we are are always always learning about him, his his ways and his kingdom. We We willingly and faithfully come to Jesus to find rest for our souls. The Lord's yoke is easy and his burden is light. We do his will because it is our delight. His gentleness and humility give us great peace and security. We choose to dwell in the shelter of the Most High, and we remain secure and at rest in the Almighty's shadow. 
He, he alone is our refuge, our fortress, our, fortress, our, our God in whom, whom we trust. The Lord has rescued our life from death. He bountifully blesses us and is always good to us. Therefore, we rest in him. Because God's peace is with us and in us, we do not worry and we cast all our cares on him. We are confident in Christ and enter into his divine rest by faith. The Lord freely offers his rest to all of us and we receive it because we believe it. God's rest refreshes our souls. We are God's people and there remains a Sabbath rest for us today. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We actively God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. 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 I like it. Good morning, VCF. I don't know about you, but I feel it's really warm in here. <laughs> All right. So we're going to switch things up a little bit with announcements today. Um, I'm going to share a fact first, and then we have a lot of announcements. So I would like to share with you that I was thinking about the difference between a um, flower and a tree, which seems super obvious, but I know that at the cellular level, they both have the same, like, cell structure, so I was wondering, like, well, how does a tree get, like, all tall and strong, and a flower just kind of, you know, falls over pretty easily, like, it's really easy to pick, right, as opposed to, like, a tree, um, so I did some research, and I found out that basically everything's the same except for one ingredient. Trees only have what's called more lignin. It's not that flowers don't have it. It's just not, excuse me, it's just not activated, right? So they don't use it as much as trees use it. It's just one ingredient. It's called lignin, and that's what gives trees the um, structure, and that structure allows them to be stiff and carry ingredients all the way to the top because it's got, like, that structural tube inside of it. And the layers get, like, crisscrossed as it like grows so it gives it like extra rigidity and structure isn't that isn't that kind of cool i was like who knew so i just wanted to share with you that you know that verse in the bible says that we are like trees planted by living waters right we are trees because we have that activated ingredient we have jesus inside of us that allows us to carry all of the things that he wants to put in us and we go all the way to the top yeah, Holy Ghost is activating everything inside of us that we need, right? And that allows you to, like, stand out. And, you know, trees are not an easy thing to take down. It, it is very difficult. Alrighty, so for our announcements, we're going to start with, like, big picture and work backwards to, like, this week. So upcoming on November 8th is voting, right? It's election day. So we just want to encourage you to exercise your right to vote. I'm so thankful to live in the United States where we get the chance to actually do that. So exercise our constitutional rights to vote. And then for Pastor Appreciation Month, that is October, right, this whole month, we are celebrating our pastors double-double. 
and we would like to bless them with a vacation as we honor them, right, because they work so hard for us, and they follow the instructions of the Lord to the letter. I know that they do. And so in July of 2023, we would like to send them to wherever they would like to go. I I believe they are beach people, so, (laughs) yeah. And also, um, if you are interested in participating in Appreciation Month, I know there's, like, bins over there for cards and donations. Like I said, we just want to celebrate them the whole month and actually every day of the year, too. Also for October, we have our missions project for Bishop Keegan. Um, he owns an orphanage in Kenya, and there are tents that they use for ministry throughout, you know, years of use and wear and tear and weather has been damaged. And so we would just like to bless them and support their ministry. So if you are interested in helping with that, you can um, market tent or also just give donations towards it back at the um, youth booth. All right. Also in October, like two weeks away as of Friday, is our men's conference. Right? It is October 28th and 29th, and it is all about leveling up. And I know there are great plans. It's going to be awesome. Like, be prepared for takeoff, okay? Um, Pastor Doug will be speaking, and we will have a guest, um, Pastor John George, who will also be with us that following Sunday. So make plans, men and people, to be here the whole weekend. You can register online or in the bookstore. All right, three pages down, two more to go. (laughs) All right, now, a little bit closer is this Friday is Woven. Isn't that awesome? And that is for our ladies. That is 6 o'clock. We start with, like, a meal and fellowship, and then Pastor Tiana gives us a message and has been, like, giving us coaching tips, and it has been amazing. Thursday is Bible Adventure. So that's for grades 3 to 5, and I know that that has been doing great. If you are interested in volunteering or participating, um, you can see Chris Frenchek. All right, and then Wednesday is Wednesday Night Refreshing. It is so nice to be here in the middle of the week. I mean, it's nice to be here all the time, but I especially love coming in the middle of the week after, like, you know, Monday and Tuesday can kind of be kind of rough at work sometimes. So (laughs) it's good to be here then on Wednesday. You get strengthened for the rest of the week. Tuesday is youth group, and that is from 6 to 8 p.m. I kind of have no words to describe that, so just come on out and experience it. And then also on Tuesday earlier in the day is this generation And that is the middle school outreach program that we have where the kids get to come here for out of middle school for an hour a day. So we are excited to be participating in that and, like, making breakthrough in this area in our schools. All right. And then for today, so we worked backwards all the way up to today, um, after service there is a teacher's meeting for all the teachers and the helpers. That is the announcements. Good job. We made it through. Glory to God. We have announcements that preach around here. Pastor Nadine and Melissa, they do a fantastic job. Now, man, I'm going to show you this. Uh, We're going to show you a a video that's going to help you uh, invite your friends to our event here. It's fine. It came in last night. I say it came in because uh, Gabriel did it for us. 
amongst his busy schedule. So if you're my friend on uh, Facebook, I'm gonna, I'll send that to you so that you can share that with your friends. And uh, if you haven't registered, please do so. Uh, sign up in the bookstore or sign up online. And uh, that would be uh, awesome so that we uh, can get a good grip on uh, who's coming. It's going to be a great time. You know, we schedule vacations. We schedule hunting trips. How about a spiritual encounter? Amen. And uh, this only happens once a year. And it's only for a Friday night and a Saturday morning. It's uh, potent. It's power-packed. And uh, it's going to be a great time, so you don't want to miss out on it. And also, um, we have another uh, Commission Club progr- uh, uh, pro- pro- project. <laughs> a little bit hard to get out. Uh, Dr. Fiona and uh, Lisa and Melissa, they're going to be going to Guyana uh, November 4th uh, through the 14th or 15th, somewhere around there. And um, Dr. Fiona hasn't been, at, uh, go, been to Guyana for four years, so they're going to check up on the home. And uh, our commission club is for anybody that uh, does a missions trip out of this church. You know, uh, we uh, do what we can for them. So uh, if you want to uh, give into the commission club, you can. And uh, that's coming up. I know there's a lot of opportunities to give. That just means there's a lot of opportunities to receive. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, you can't be God-given. God already said, you know, God showed us the power of a gift. He planted his son in the earth. And uh, when Jesus was born and when he, he entered into the ministry, he was 30 years old. He started with 12 followers. And uh, then they added, uh, then they got up to 70. And then they were up to 120. And then in one day, 3,000 were added to them, so they had 3,120, and his body is still growing today. How did that happen? It happened as a result of God's seed that he planted in this earth. Amen? And uh, God guarantees the return on your gifts. So uh, as you give today, if you're here, you can give any time in the service, and I, I sincerely mean that, any time. And uh, if you're watching online, you can go to our website, and you can do it that way. But uh, you want to get in on it, amen? Uh, seeds only work when they, they get planted. They don't grow while you're holding on to them. But uh, when you plant them, they do grow, and uh, God is good, amen? He's faithful. So, Father, we just speak a blessing over the gifts and the givers of VCF. They are such great givers, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that daily you load them up with benefits. You provide for them, you protect them, and you prosper them. Lord, you you send your favor upon them and your goodness. And I just declare that boldly in the name of Jesus. Amen. And, uh, you know, teach your kids to give. 
you know, it's, if you know, if you have this information, it's, it's good to start early. Our kids started early and, uh, we have seen our kids, uh, reap the benefits. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, uh, they do practice this. So Josiah and Gabriel, praise the Lord. Well, we're so excited. Did I get everything? All right. Okay. You know, sometimes I just, you know, you got, you're thinking about things and you forget stuff, but, uh, we got some awesome kids in this place. How many appreciate our kids? All right. And we appreciate our teachers. And uh, we, we want to dismiss you kids to have a good one. Uh, and those that volunteer, hallelujah, have a good class. Learn about Jesus. Glory to God. Well, you excited about the word this morning? Hallelujah. You know, sometimes in studying, I get a little carried away. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. And uh, so on this subject, I was getting a little carried away, and God says, no, just keep it simple. <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, uh, I want to talk to you this morning about honoring the Lord. I was going to talk about all different kinds of honor, but the Lord says, no, just keep it simple. <laughs> keep it simple, saint, right? K-I-S-S. And, uh, you know, God has done so many good things for us, and he always does good things for us. And our response to him should be that of honor and reverence and respect to God. And God favors honor. He appreciates honor. You know, this church is all about Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus... This church wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't be here. But it's all about Jesus. Say it's all about Jesus. When a person gets born again, Jesus becomes the most important person in their life. He becomes the center of their life. He becomes the focus. And that means everything else comes under Jesus. Right? He get, he, Jesus has the privilege of being first and foremost in our lives. And I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to get into this. And uh, we're going to see some things. So we're going to start with verse 1. Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord had said, you know, when God speaks to you, your situation's about to change. You know, we have to appreciate God's word, whether it's God speaking to us directly or it's someone speaking his word or it's a dream that God gives you. You know, God has many ways of communicating. But in the days of Abraham, you know, he, he's, they didn't have the Bible like we have. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them like we have. And so the communications are different, but God still communicates. See, God is a right now God because faith is now. I like how the Bible says, now the Lord had said unto Abram. Okay, he's, he's speaking to him. He's about to change his life. He's about to change the course. He's about to... Help him to get to his destiny. Do you know that every one of you have a destiny? 
You were designed by God for a particular assignment, for a particular purpose, okay? Abram had a purpose, and God was about to reveal what his purpose was. He said, get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. You know, God doesn't give you the whole picture. You got to embrace what he says by faith. Notice, in order for Abraham to find out where he needed to be, he had to stick with God. He had to stay close to God. Okay? And because uh, God was going to show him some other things. God didn't say everything in this one thing. He said, and then, okay, he gives him an instruction. Now he gives him the reward. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, isn't that interesting? Because Abraham didn't have a family at this point. He had a wife, but he had no children. But God was going to bless him to bless the families. God was going to make a fatherless man and a motherless woman into parents supernaturally. And that's not even what I'm talking about today, but... That's still true. Okay. Verse four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Say, as the Lord had spoken. Look, if you're going to do things in life, you got to do it as as God speaks them. You got to do it according to his word. Amen. You do it like God said it, but it doesn't make sense. Doesn't have to. It makes faith. Faith is greater than sense. You can either be faith governed or sense governed. When you're sense governed or sense ruled, you're going to run into trouble. When you're faith ruled, you rise above the trouble. Or you go through it like a rocket goes through the atmosphere. Okay? How did Abraham depart? He departed as the Lord spoke to him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. Everybody say 75. Boy, that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a good age to start getting into your destiny. Amen? It doesn't matter what your age is. Glory to God. There's no age limit in God. There's only, there's only faith possibilities. Okay? So he departed out of Haran. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, his, and his brother's son, all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten, And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Unto the land of Canaan they came. Verse 6. Abraham passed through the land of the place of Shechem. Unto the place of Moreh. And the Canaanites. uh, And the Canaanite was then in the field. Or then in the land. Now verse 7. Here's where we get into the honor part. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said... Unto your seed will I give this land. Unto your seed. He hadn't had any children yet, but he had seed. Amen? God was about to do something with his seed. All right, so he is beginning to obey God. He heard God's voice, 
And now he is walking. He is making progress. He is doing what God said. He took the initial steps. And God speaks to him and says, I'm going to give you this land. Now, here's what Abram did. This is the important part. And there he built an altar unto the Lord. Say, unto the Lord, who appeared to him. See, now reading that, in our Western minds, we would probably say, oh, he built an altar to the Lord. That's great. That's wonderful. Let's move on. But no, he, he set up a place of worship. He set up a place of honor. The Amplified said, uh, he said, um, Abram built an altar to honor the Lord. Right? He, see, he had to erect an altar. He had to build an altar, probably out of stone, right? And on this altar, it was a place of worship. It was a point of contact for God. It was a place of sacrifice. It was a place of communion. It was a place of fellowship. It was a place of exchange. Do you realize Abram didn't have a church? Abram lived in a tent. Abram raised sheep and goats and cattle. He he traveled to different places. He was mobile. And the first thing that he did in response to God speaking to him was he set up a place of worship where he could honor God, where he could thank God for what God had said and how God was performing his word. Amen? He built an altar. An altar is a place of worship. An altar is a place of sacrifice. You didn't just build an altar, but you gave something on the altar. Abraham was a herdsman. So he gave some of his stock, some of his cattle as an offering to God. That's what they did in those days in an agricultural society. That's what they did. They, They exchanged grain for goods. Amen. They exchanged crops. They exchanged animals for things. So an altar is a place of worship, an altar is a place of sacrifice, an altar is a place of giving. How did, how did Abram honor the Lord? He set up a place where he could commune with God and where he could give to God. Didn't even think twice about it. Who told Abraham how to build an altar? Where did he get that information? God, he, in his talk with God, God must have spoken to him because Abraham, this is, this, this is the first altar, but he built several altars after this. Every place that he went to, he built an altar to honor God. He built a place of worship. He built a place of communion. An altar is a place of presence, divine presence and connection. The Lord appeared to him. So how did Abraham celebrate the word that he heard? He built an altar and he honored God. Notice the Bible says, He built an altar unto the Lord. It wasn't just any old altar. It was for the Lord. It was for what he wanted to honor God in all that he did. You know what? As believers, we need to appreciate when God's word is going forth. Sometimes we want to downplay God's word. Oh, I've heard it. Well, can you hear it again? What if you heard it a hundred times? Could you smile and be excited the hundredth time as you did the first time? 
You know, sometimes God's word is a hammer and it's got to crush some hard places that we have built up uh, through uh, experience, through our past. And the repetition of the word has to break those things. Amen. God's a breaker of things. He's a puller, puller down of strongholds. So what does it mean to honor? We're talking about honoring the Lord. It means to give high respect. It means to show uh, for special merit. It's recognition. This is just the dictionary. It means uh, it's associated with a good name and a good reputation. It's a, it's a source of credit. Abram was giving credit to God. God brought him out of a situation, right? But is that all that God wanted to do? Is all that God wanted to do was bring him out? No, he wanted to bring him into something better. Anytime God brings you out, he brings you into something better. And our response to God should be a response of honor, respect, reverence, esteem, pointing to he's the source He's why I got here. He's the reason why I'm here. He's the reason for the season. Amen? It's no coincidence that the first thing that Abram did was built an altar unto the Lord so that he could honor him. Amen? And uh, when you honor someone, it's it's a symbol of distinction. You're putting a mark of distinction. You're showing respect, special recognition. Um... And uh, honor is associated with honesty, integrity, uh, righteousness, and uprightness. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13 and verse 7. And let's look at this scripture in the New Testament. Romans 13 and verse 7. Hallelujah. You ought to to look at it in in the Bible too. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor is due. You know, there are people that we should honor in our life. Number one, we should honor God. And we're going we're gonna to explain about what does it mean to honor God. Amen? Because the Bible tells us these things. Okay, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to see something here at verse 15. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. That means to walk wisely. It doesn't mean to walk around in circles. Not as fools. So you have a choice. You can either live like you're wise or you can live like a fool. I didn't say that. The Bible did. I'm just repeating what the Bible said. Okay? I'm not calling you a fool. I'm just saying that's our choices. But um, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are we living in some evil days today? Yeah. Deception is rampant in our country and in other places. In the world. Okay, so God will help you redeem the time because the days are evil. 
Verse 16, or verse 17, wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what the will of the Lord is, you gotta understand it so you can do it, because doing His will is a way to honor Him. Notice, honoring God is associated with uh, redemption of time, being wise, and understanding what His will is. Amen? And, uh, so we can honor the Lord with our time. Every one of us have the equal amount of time in the day. As one minister put it, we all have 24 golden box cars. And what you put in those box cars will determine how quickly your train will get down the tracks. If you're overloaded, it's going to be a long haul. It's going to take you a long time. If you try to stuff too many things into those golden box cars... Right? Oh, I'm too busy for the Lord. Well, then you're too busy. I'm too busy for God's stuff. Then you're too busy. Then you're putting yourself above his stuff. And that's not honoring God. If you're going to honor God, he has to be first in your life. Okay? So we can honor God uh, with our talents. You know, everyone has been given a talents. Some of us have more. Some of us has less. But we all have talents. Amen? And talents are to be utilized to bring increase in your life. You know, we have the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. One was given one, one was given two, one was given five. The two, the two and the five increased, but the one did nothing. He didn't honor God. You know, God is not honored when believers do nothing. Believers have to do something. Amen? So we can honor God with our treasure. Oh, yeah. Did you know that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is? Show me your checkbook and I'll show you what you value. There's even a scripture in Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your substance. And the first fruits of all of your increase. And then... When you honor him, he'll fill your barns with plenty and your vats will burst out with new wine. I don't know about you, but I I like a bursting out barn and I like an overflowing vat. Say, my vats are too full, glory to God. They're overflowing. You can honor God with your body. I like the way Paul wrote. In, In my mind, when I read 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 18 to 20, it's like, what? Don't you know that your, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Therefore, glorify God in your body. Yes. We're supposed to glorify God with our bodies, present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. So we got to honor God in our body. Because after all, your body has to get you to where you need to be. Amen? And uh, then we got to honor God with our heart. You know, if, if our heart isn't in it, we have to worship God with all of our heart, all of our soul. The heart is the spirit. Our, 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 the strength of our life comes out of our spirit, not from our body. Amen? So, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 26. We're actually going to look at this whole chapter because... 
it gives us some indications on how to honor the Lord. And I'm going to connect Deuteronomy 26 with the new covenant. But uh, this is a beautiful chapter that God wrote. Amen. And there's things in here that he wants us to know in regards to honor him. But we have to honor the Lord. Is there, any more, is there anybody more worthy of honor? Has anybody done for you more than the Lord has done for you? So then he, he should get the greatest honor. Amen? Because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even be around. We would have all been dead. So we need to honor God in every... I mean, my goodness. The New Testament says, whether you eat or drink... I mean, such menial tasks as eating and drinking, we should eat and drink in, in honoring God. In other words, see, honor ought to be affecting your whole life. How, you, how we live, how we speak, how we think, how we behave, that demonstrates honor. You know, we can't just come to church and sing praises to God and then live like the devil. Jesus addressed that. He said, they're, just like the prophet Isaiah said, people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You know, when your heart is far from God, you can't hide it. It's plain. Amen? Okay, Deuteronomy 26, starting with verse 1. And it shall be when you are come into the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance and possess it, and dwell therein. Entering the land is beginning a relationship with the Lord. What was the land called that God gave to Abraham? Yes, it was called Canaan, but it was called the promised land. And in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians, it says, all of God's promises are yes and amen, where? In Christ Jesus. So when you enter the land, you are beginning a relationship with Jesus. If you want to honor the Lord, you've got to begin a relationship with him. Okay? And a relationship is ongoing. It's a long-term relationship. You better be in it for the long haul. It's not a flash-in-the-pan thing. It's not something you try. Well, let me try that Christianity. No, it's a lifestyle. Everybody say it's a lifestyle. And every moment of every day, how we live, we ought to be honoring God. He is, he, he is the reason for everything. Okay? So entering the land is a beginning relationship with the Lord. Entering the land is discovering that you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Because it was in the land where they encountered milk and honey that was flowing. Everybody say flowing. He didn't say a puddle of milk and honey. He didn't say an ounce of honey. It said milk and honey flowing. That that signifies plenty, prosperity, more than enough, overflowing too much. Hallelujah. That's what God wants for all of us. Say, God wants too much for me. Say, God wants more than enough for me. Sometimes we settle for enough, but that we shouldn't settle for enough. Why? God didn't. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Amen? 
If you listen today to this message, you're going to hear how we can honor God. Taking possession of the land is accepting who you are in Christ Jesus and receiving what he's done for you. You've got to be who Jesus says you are. Amen? Abram was not a, Abraham was not a father until God said he was, and then he became what God said. You can become what God said. That's good news, isn't it? You can become anything that God said. There's no limit. Hallelujah. So you be you know all of us became Christians. We became children of God. We became members of God's family. We became believers. We became Christ followers. Amen. Was there a time that you weren't a Christ follower? Yeah. But then you became one. How'd you become one? You heard some information and you, you committed, you, you accepted it, you received it, you confessed it, and here you are. Amen? And the way we get saved is the way we get anything from God. It works the same way. Healing, deliverance, it works the same way. You believe, you confess, and there it is. Amen? So living in the land, he told them that you go, in verse 1 he said, possess it and dwell therein. Say, I got to live. Living in the land is living like Christ, following his pattern, his example. Your lifestyle should reflect his lifestyle. Christians behave in a certain way and they do certain things, right? They have certain habits. The greatest honor that we can give the Lord is to be like him. That is the greatest honor that we can bestow on him is to be like him, live like him, dress like him, travel like him, overcome problems like him. Hallelujah. Fulfill God's purpose like him. You And we have the power and the ability right now to be just like him. We don't have a different Holy Ghost. We don't have different scriptures. Jesus had the same scriptures that we have because he is the scriptures. He gave the scriptures to us. He's the living word. He, t- he showed us how to put the word on display for 33 and a half years. Okay, verse two, that you shall take the first, everybody say the first, of all the fruit of the earth, which you shall bring of your land that the Lord your God gives you. (laughs) The reason you got the fruit is because God gave you the land. Everything you have comes from God. Oh, no, it came from my own experience. Oh, hush. Didn't come from your own experience. Whether you choose to acknowledge it or or not, it came from God. Your ability to think came from God. Your ability to live came from God. The talents that he's given you came from God. So when he brings you into a place, he brought you into Christ. Part of honoring God is taking some of the fruit of where you are, where God brought you, and uh, he says, and bring of, of that land, un- 
that you shall bring of the, of the land that the Lord your God gives you and shall put it in a basket and shall go into the place which the Lord your God shall choose a place to, where, to put his name there. So that tells me that living like Christ is being part of a church. Honoring God is faithfully uh, attending and serving and fellowshipping in a church. Amen? This is a place where God put his name. Amen? And we don't have, we don't have baskets, but we have wooden containers. <laughs> Glory to God. And this is, he's telling us how to honor him. See, whatever God gives you, to honor him, you give him something back out of what he's given you. Amen? God is pleased with that. God likes to share, and so should we. Hallelujah. So living for God is giving to God. Living for God is giving to God. Why does it say that? Say, living for God is giving to God. What's the first thing that you give to God? Yourself. Dr. Fiona Sharp. See, if you want to give anything else to God, you've got to give yourself to him. Once you give yourself to him, then you're open for business. But you've got to give yourself to him. You read 2 Corinthians 8, and the Macedonians, they were, they were experiencing some tough times, but they gave themselves to the Lord. They, they wanted to give a gift out of their suffering, out of their turmoil, out of their trouble. They wanted to be a blessing. Amen? And they were. You can read it, 2 Corinthians 8. That's not my message today, but it's in there. Okay? So living for God is giving to God. Where God places you is productive. Amen? Honor the Lord with some of your produce. What do you start with? 10%. God gave us a, a way to start. 10%. Right? 10%, the tithe is not ours. The Bible is very clear that the tithe is the Lord's. Okay? And every giving starts with the tithe. Then you have offerings, which are a product of love. Then you have alms, which are giving to the poor. Amen? And then you have first fruits when you get an increase and you just want to honor the Lord with your increase. However you want to do that. Amen? First fruits aren't, aren't, as, aren't as frequent. But tithe, a tithe is every time something comes into your hand, 10% of that goes to God. Okay? Even though it doesn't say 10% here, I can give you other scriptures like Numbers 20, or Leviticus 27, uh, all kinds of different ones. Alright? So let's go to verse 3. Okay? And you shall go to the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto you, the Lord your God, that I am coming to the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers to give us. All right, so you, you come before, the, you give with making a profession. Amen? And verse 4, and the priest shall take the basket out of your hand. Notice, God is the one who is, who is encouraging this. God is the one who set this up. This is God's thoughts. Amen? This is not man's thoughts. How, how are we going to support the church? Why don't we just take up giving? No man is going to come up with that idea. But this is God's idea. 
Why? God is a giver. When you ask for wisdom, he'll give wisdom to you liberally, lavishly. Amen? When the world was going to hell, God gave us a savior. Glory to God. He he redeemed us. Amen? Okay? Verse 5. And you shall speak and say before the Lord your God, Assyrian ready to perish was my father, went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became a nation great and mighty and populous. Say great, mighty, and populous. When you give to God, you ought to give speaking increase. Great, mighty, populous. All right? The Amplified says... uh, he became a great and mighty and populous nation. All right? So you got to speak increase over your seed. When you get anything that you give to God, speak increase over it. Why? Because that's, you got to make a declaration of faith. This is how we honor the Lord. Don't worry, it's not all about giving, so don't get nervous. All right? Okay? So let's go down to verse 10. Verse 10. He says, and now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. What, why, why did he bring the first fruits? Because the Lord gave it to him in the first place. Amen? So he is honoring the Lord first before he does anything else. He's honoring the Lord first. That's what honoring the Lord is, putting him first. Amen? Putting him first, the first thought, the first thing in your mind. Hallelujah. All right? And, and you shall set it before the Lord your God. Notice, you're setting it before God. Even though you're bringing it to a priest, it's all it's before God. And worship before the Lord your God. That's an altar. That's an honor. God's honored with our worship. He is responding to what the Lord has given us. He, you've given to this me, you've given this to me first, so my first thing that I'm going to give to you is I'm going to give you an offering out of what you've given me, and I'm going to give you my worship. Why? I'm honoring you. That's what it means to honor the Lord. And worship before the Lord your God. Verse 11, and you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given you. How many people are rejoicing? Um, I'm sorry, did we sing that there was joy in the house? Is it? Is there joy in this house? Wherever there's joy, there's a sound. Joy is never silent. If there's joy in the house, someone ought to walk in and say, I hear joy. Amen. It's not almond joy. It is the joy of the Lord. You should rejoice in, on, in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and your household. What would happen if we had two scales? One scale would be complaints. The other scale would be rejoicing. Do you realize our rejoicing should cancel out our complaints? Right? We, sh- we need to honor the Lord in giving, worshiping, 
serving and loving, it'll, it'll cause us to rejoice in his goodness. Is God good part of the time? Is there a time of the day when God takes, when he says, oh, I'm done being good for, I'm taking a break from being good. This is my break time, my lunch time, right? So if God never takes a break from being good, right, then we always have something to rejoice about, even when we're experiencing problems. Because God's not the cause of our problem. He's the way through it. He's the way out of it. He's the way over it. And the more you rejoice, the quicker he responds to your situation. Hallelujah. Okay? Go to, keep your finger here, Deuteronomy, or keep, go to First Chronicles uh, 16. First Chronicles 16. And look at verse uh, 29. First Chronicles 16, 29. We're going to come back to Deuteronomy. This is the last verse of First Chronicles 16, verse 29. And... Uh, Oh, I'm in 15. <laughs> Never mind. It's not the last verse of the chapter. <laughs> right? First Chronicles 16, 29. Give unto the Lord the glory, do his name. Does he got something due? Yes. Have you paid your dues today? Yes. Hallelujah. He's not like a librarian. He won't charge you, but you can pay your dues. You, you, you can make your dues uh, even real quick just by saying Hallelujah. You've just paid your dues. Glory to God. Give give the glory that he's due. Right? Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Listen, any opportunity that we have to give ought to be an opportunity to worship, to rejoice, to shout. Hallelujah. Why? That honors God. Can you see Jesus in heaven saying goodbye to Michael and Gabriel and his father, God, oh, oh I got to leave heaven. Oh, I don't, oh, I'm going to go to earth, but I'll be back. Oh, do you, do you see Jesus doing that? My goodness, he came to die and he was happy about it. He was excited about it. For the Hebrews, Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus did not, was not sad having to become a man and leaving heaven because he knew he was going to go back. He wasn't sad about it. He was excited about it because he was going to do what his father wanted him to do. And that excited him. That that motivated him. That, that inspired him. And God tells us to do something, and we're like, oh, God laid this heavy burden on me. God didn't lay a heavy burden on Jesus himself said his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's Matthew 11, by the way. Okay? So, all right, let's go, let's go back to Deuteronomy. And let's go down to verse 14 now. Yep, Deuteronomy 26, verse 14. This is after, this is after you pay the tithe, right? Uh, after you, you take care of the stranger, the, the widow, and the fatherless. All right, and uh, you come before God in verse 13, and you brought all the hallowed things of your house, right? So we get down to verse 14. I have not eaten thereof in the morning. Uh, He's talking about not eating of the tithe. 
You know what happened to Adam and Eve? They ate the tithe. Oh, you didn't think that tree was a tithe? You can have all these trees, these, these beautiful red trees right here. You can have all of them, but leave this one. Don't, don't eat this one. Eat from this as much as you want, but don't eat of this one. Why? You eat of this one, what's going to happen? You die. Verse 14, I have not eaten thereof in the morning, neither have I taken away aught thereof for any unclean use. I haven't used the tithe for my laundry. I haven't used the tithe for my car payment, right? I haven't used the tithe for my food or my electric bill. Amen. It's not for that purpose. What's the tithe for? The tithe is for the Lord. Why? Because we're talking about honoring him. Amen. Okay. But I have hearkened unto the voice of the Lord and have done according to all that you have commanded me. That's what honors God. Hallelujah. Listening to his voice. Amen. And doing what he wants us to do. Glory to God. This is how we honor the Lord. Amen. Here are some keys to honor the Lord. We're going to get into them here in this. But here are some keys. Number one, begin a relationship with the Lord. Okay. Discover who you are in him and receive what he's given to you. Live like Christ in holiness, uprightness, and righteousness. Become a generous, faithful, loving giver. Maybe you, didn't, maybe you weren't that way. But now you need to become that. Why? That honors God. Why? Because you're being just like God is. Okay? Participate in God's plan that he has for you. Be willing and obedient. Everybody say willing. willing. And obedient. And obedient. You got to want to and you got to do what you want to do. <laughs> Amen? I want to obey the Lord, therefore I'm going to obey the Lord. Willing and obedient. You need both. If you're obedient and not willing, your heart and your mouth don't agree. And when there's disagreement between your mouth and your heart, there's no faith to, to release. There's no faith. There's no power to release faith. Okay? We got to listen to God's voice. Hear it, recognize it, and follow it. How many know God's voice? How many know when God's speaking to you? Amen? You got to pay attention to what he's saying. It could mean the difference between death or life. It could mean the difference between trouble or peace. Amen? You got to determine what God says every day. Fall in love with the word. Got to fall in love with the word. Amen. Read it, study it, meditate in it, do it. Just like Joshua. When you do it, you'll have good success and prosper. Make a bold public declaration that you are the Lord's. We ought to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And we need to be God's child. Yield to his lordship and be his treasured possession. All right? Let's look at Deuteronomy uh, 26, verse uh, 16. Okay? Well, look at verse 15 first. He said, now he's praying. He says, look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us. And you swear unto our fathers a land that flows with milk and honey. All right, verse 16. This day, the Lord your God has commanded you to do these statutes and judgments. He commanded us to do his word. Right? We are commanded to do his word. Are you his to command? Yes. 
We ought to approach God saying, Lord, I am yours to command. Whatever you say for today, that's what I'm going to do. Even if it disagrees with what you had in mind. Lord says, do this. And you say, well, Lord, but I got this. Lord says, do this. But Lord, I got this. That's a choice. What are you going to do? Right? Do you, do you think that the Lord is unaware of what you got to do? God's not going to say, oh, my goodness, I, I didn't realize. I should have known that. I'm so sorry for interrupting you. Oh, there, feel better. God's never going to say that. <laughs> See, God knows what you have to do. But if you do what he has to do first, you'll have more than enough time to do what you got to do. In other words, you do what God does first, and you'll have creative solutions to get what you had to do done faster, quicker, better. Amen? And you might, God might, you, you, you go do what God says do, and God might even send you help to get what you need to get done done. Oh, someone will just show up, right? Remember God's conversation with uh, Moses at the bush? Moses was a little leery about obeying God's call because he, he didn't know. He said, well, I can't speak good. And then uh, God says, well, I've made your tongue. He says, well, I just don't know if I can speak. And then what did God do? Oh, there's your brother Aaron. He can speak for you. Well, Aaron just showed up. Besides, it's not going to do you any good arguing with God. You telling God why you can't do what he's telling you to do is futile. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to help you, right? And when you get to heaven, you can say, Moses, was it worth arguing with God? And Moses is going to say, no. (laughs) Amen? So he said, he commanded us to do his word. And you shall keep them with all your heart and with all your soul. Notice God didn't ask us if we felt like keeping them. God didn't ask us, say, keep them if you want to. He didn't say that, did he? He just said, do my statutes and my judgments and my commandments. Bing, period. Verse 17. You have avouched or declared the Lord... This day to be your God. you got to make a public dis- de- declaration that he is yours and you are his. Yeah. Say, he's mine. Yeah. Say, I'm his. Yeah. Hallelujah. When, when you're doing something that God wants you to do and someone in the world questions, why are you doing it? Say, I'm his and he's mine. He told me to do it. Yeah. And you don't need any other further explanation. Yeah. Jesus told his disciples when they needed to get a donkey. He said, go to this place, you'll find a, do- a colt tied up that's never been ridden, and if the man asks you for it, say, the Lord needs it. Right? So the disciples went, hey, why are you taking that donkey? The Lord needs it. Okay. He, they didn't have to explain themselves. They just had to say the Lord needed it, and that was it. End of discussion. Amen? Okay? So you, you got to declare that you are his and he is yours. All right, verse 17, uh, you declare the Lord and uh, you hearken to his voice, okay? So you, 
You walk in his ways, you keep his word, and you listen to his voice. Everybody say, walk in his ways. Keep his word. Listen to his voice. Those are three simple ways that you can continue to honor God every day. Does that seem hard? Walk in his ways, keep his word, and listen to his voice. See, I can do that. See how easy this is? God made it so easy to honor him. You don't have to go to an honor seminar. Hey, man, you don't have to get, I got a degree in honor. I got a four-year degree in honor. I studied honor for four years. No, just walk in it. Just do it. Amen? Let, let honor the Lord in every area of your life. Amen? Verse 18, he says, And the Lord has avowed or declared you this day that you are a peculiar people. That doesn't mean you're weird. It means he owns you. Right? As he promised... And that you should keep all of his commandments. God says you're mine. Right? Psalm 22 verse 23. It says you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of the Lord, or descendants of Jacob, honor him, fear him, all you descendants of Israel. So we should praise him and honor him. Amen? That's what he tells us to do. John chapter 5 verse 25. John 5 verse 25. All will, this is from the Amplified, all will give honor and reverence to the Son just as they give honor to the Father. Whoa, he, he deserves the, as much as you honor God, you've got to honor the Son. And the Son is the W-O-R-D, right? Okay, John seven seventeen. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know whether or not the teaching is of God or whether I speak of my own accord or by my own authority. He who speaks on his own accord seeks glory and honor for himself. But he who seeks the glory and the honor of the one who sent him, he is true. There's no unrighteousness or deception in him. We got to be seeking to honor God. When you wake up tomorrow... Look of way, think about ways that you can honor God. When you're going to work or you're going to do whatever you need to do, running errands, think about ways that you can honor God. How can I honor God in my time? How can I honor God with my talents? How can I honor God with my treasure? Amen. We gotta be on, we, we gotta be on the opportunity alert of ways to honor God. Cause He's worthy of our honor. Amen. And then look at verse 19. When you honor God, notice what He does for you. He will make you high above. How many want to increase? How many want to upgrade? He'll make you high. When you honor God, he'll make you high above all nations, which he has made in praise and in name and in honor, and that you may be a holy people unto the Lord your God as he has spoken. When you honor him, he will honor you. Isn't that what he did for Abraham? You do this for me. I'm going to do this for you. Abraham honored him. God honored him. Amen. It goes back and forth. You so honor, you reap honor. You so honor, you reap honor. You so honor, you reap honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Because when you don't honor God, that's going to be the cause of your greatest downfall. All right. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And let's look at the other side of the coin of people who don't honor God. 
Well, if I don't honor God, it's no big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. It'll cost you. All right. First Samuel chapter two and verse uh, 27. So a man of God was sent to Eli. Eli, at that time, he was the priest. And he worked in the temple. Samuel was in the temple as a young boy. Hannah showed him to the Lord because the Lord gave, it, gave him to her. Can you imagine that? She asked for a child. God gave her a child. Then she sold the child back to God. <laughs> you talk about honoring God. Okay, so this man of God was sent to Eli because Eli was allowing things to go on that were ungodly, unholy, and vile, really. So God was about to correct Eli, okay? And uh, let me, I'll read this from the King James. And there came a man of God, this is verse 27, unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, did I plainly appear unto the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? I'm emphasizing these things on purpose. And did I give unto the house of your father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Did God hold up his part? Yeah, God chose Aaron to be the line of the priest. Eli was in that line. He was chosen by God to be a priest, to serve God in that capacity. Okay? Verse 29. Let me read this from the Amplified now. Okay? Why then do you kick at or despise my sacrifice and my offering which I commanded in, in my dwelling place, and you honor your sons more than me. Well, I thought about, I'm a good parent when I honor my children more than God. No, you're not. Nothing, no one comes before the Lord. Notice what he said. By fattening yourselves with the choicest part of every... I mean, Hophni and Phinehas, those are Eli's sons. They, they would take a pitchfork and they would just take some of the offering that wasn't even theirs and they would plunge that fork in and just rip it out and eat it for themselves. Okay, They were priests, but they were unholy priests. They were in a position, but they weren't operating according to God. They weren't honoring God by how they were carrying out their call. You know, we're supposed to walk worthy of our call. And we're supposed to represent the Lord in our call. Okay? All right? Now now the Lord desires, far be it from me. This is what he says. For those who honor me, I will honor. See, when you honor God, we're good. God will honor you. But when you start dishonoring God, he will dishonor you. Oh, well, we just live under grace. Yeah, but we still live under the law of love. We still live under the word. Just because we're under grace, is, grace is not a license to do what you want to do or what you feel like doing. Grace, still, even though we're under grace, we still got to do what the Lord wants. We still got to live by his standards. Amen? Okay. 
And those who despise me will be insignificant and contemptible. Verse 31. Behold, the time is coming when I will cut off your strength and the strength of your father's house so that there will not be any old man in your house. In other words, there weren't going to be any more descendants after Eli and Hophni and Phinehas. They were going to be cut off. Okay? There are consequences of dishonor. Dishonor will cost you more than you want to pay. Dishonoring God is despising God. Um, you don't have to turn there, but Deuteronomy twenty-eight fifty-eight says, If you are not careful to do all the words of this law that are written in the book, and fear and honor with reverence his glorious and awesome name, the Lord, your God, then the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants. Whoa. Does that mean the Lord's going to cause plagues? No. That means when we don't honor God, here's what happens. Okay? I'm honoring God, right? I'm in, I'm in union with him. I'm in agreement with him. I'm in harmony with him. Things are good. But I, I start dishonoring God. And notice what's happening. Is God moving? No, I'm moving. Where am I moving? I'm moving away from God. I'm moving out from under his protection. I'm, 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 I'm not hearing his voice like I was hearing it over there. His voice is kind of faint. I can't really make out what he's saying. If you can't make out what God's saying, you can't do his will. If you can't do his will, you're going to miss out on the benefits that he has for you. See, God is still there. But my dishonor and my despising and my treating God in a contemptible way, I've moved myself from him, from his presence. Can I come back? Yeah, through repentance. Lord, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you, Lord. I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? Yes. He's quick. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then you'll be just like you were. But the problem is you get deceived when you're out here. And you think, well, nothing's happened to me, so I guess I'm okay. No, you're not. You're, you're in danger, and you're putting all the people around you in danger. Why? Because you, 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 you decided to mistreat the Lord. Not put him first. Put him second. Put him behind other things. Okay? Uh, but notice this. God gives us honor. Amen? Uh, we know that King Saul, he didn't honor God. All right, you can read about it. I'm not going to talk about it. But Saul was disobedient. Saul was arrogant. Saul was covetous because he kept back the best things. Uh, Saul was compromising because he allowed the people to decide and he was the king. Right? Saul was rebellious because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's what Samuel told him. Right? Saul was proud. Saul uh, did not take personal responsibility. You know what? When you're out here and someone says you're wrong, guess what? You ought to agree with that. You ought to take personal responsibility. Say, yeah, I am wrong. I need to, I need to make things right. Right? That's called humility. Because Proverbs teaches us with humility comes honor. But see, if you're too proud and arrogant over here, you can't be corrected. You will not hear correction and you're not teachable. People will try to correct you. People will try to teach you things. But you're like, talk to the hand. I did it my way. 
It's true, isn't it? So, uh, Saul, Saul was sinful, yet he still wanted honor. He still wanted Samuel to bless him, even though he did not do, live up to what he, what he needed to do. You can read it in 1 Samuel 15. Okay? Hallelujah. But l- let me tell you some good news. Jesus wants to share his honor with you. Go to John 12. All right? John 12, verse 25. Jesus wants to share his honor with you. Listen to this. This is powerful. John 12, verse 25. He that loves his life shall lose it. (laughs) Whoa, that doesn't sound good. I love my life. See, the problem is it's your life. You can lose your life, okay? He that loves his life shall lose it. You know the the story of the rich young ruler? He came to Jesus, right? What must I do to be saved? Do this, do that, do this. Okay, yeah, check, check, check. I've done it. Okay, Jesus said, okay, you got one thing. Take all your possessions, sell them, and give to the poor. Uh Uh-uh. He walked away. Why? He loved his stuff more than Jesus. You know, Jesus was giving him an opportunity to be an apostle. Because Jesus said, uh, sell all your stuff, give to the poor, and follow me. But the Bible said he walked away sorrowfully. Why? He loved his stuff. He was unwilling to lose his stuff. Okay? Now, notice this. But... He that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. You can hate your worldly life and you get eternal life. Amen. In other words, what's he saying? Hate the world? No. He's saying, stop being your old self and be who I created you to be. Amen. Because worldliness is contrary to spirituality. Okay. Verse 26 if a man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there, uh, also, there, sh- there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Praise God. He's willing to honor us if we serve him. Amen? Go to uh, Psalm 18. Nope, nope. Uh, Let's go to, uh, we're not going to go to Psalm 18. Um, go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. You know, today, if we haven't honored God like we should, it's just a simple shift. It's a simple correction in the way we think. It's a simple change of direction than where we were going. And we can honor God starting right now. Amen? Welcome to the honor train. All of you have a ticket, and you are free to get on. All aboard? The train's leaving. Amen? We're going to head down the tracks. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. He said, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That sounds like Jesus is sharing his honor with you, us. First of all, he raised us up. Secondly, he made us sit with him, right? 
Where is he sitting? He is sitting in the place of honor. He is sitting in a, in a prominent place, in the, in the high place. Amen? He's sitting on the mercy seat. Glory to God. And he gave us a seat with him. He's willing to share his honor with us. He honors us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. And then we're going to close real quick. John 17. And I'm not saying this today to condemn us, but I think, we, I think as the church overall as a whole, we have to honor God better. Amen? I mean, COVID really re- revealed how much the church honors the Lord. We've we got to honor God. Amen? John 17, verse 22. This is Jesus talking. This is one of his uh, great prayers that were recorded in the Bible. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. <laughs> he, he gives us his glory. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, them in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me, and you have loved them as you have loved me. That sounds to me like we get honor, like he gets honor. Amen? This was Jesus' prayer for us. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to go through all this, but in the Bible, when we honor, riches accompany honor. You can read several scriptures about riches accompany honor. Amen. Go to John 16.3 and then we're going to close. John 16.3. Then we're going to close. Hallelujah. 16.13. I'm sorry. 16.13. John 16 verse 13. It says, how be it when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. Notice, if you want to honor God, you've got to be associated with the truth. Okay? Is come. He's, he's come, hasn't he? He will guide you into all truth. All right? For he shall not speak of himself. Because he's not proud. He's not arrogant. He's, he's not selfish. He doesn't speak of himself. So who does he speak of? Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. What's he doing? He's honoring what he's hearing. He's honoring the word of the Father. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. Who does the Holy Spirit glorify? Glorifies Jesus. Who should we glorify? We should glorify Jesus. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said I that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. That, shall, that sounds to me like shared honor. Yeah. Amen. A little while and you shall not see me. And again, a little while and you shall see me because I go to the, I go to the Father. But thank God that we can replicate what the Holy Spirit does. He honors the Lord. Right? How does he honor the Lord? He is associated with the truth. Amen? We have to be one with the truth. 
We have to make the truth our thoughts. We have to make the truth our words. We have to make the truth our marriage, our life, our home. Amen? It has to be based on the truth. The truth was made a practical book. It was made to be put on display. It was made to be demonstrated. And so the Holy Spirit, he doesn't even give his opinion. He only gives what he hears. He only does what he's shown. Jesus did the same thing. As I hear, I speak, and my judgment is right because it comes directly from the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now we could say, if you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. Why? Because I live a life of honor. I'm honoring the Lord in how I live my life. When I eat my food, when I hang out with my friends, I'm honoring the Lord. I'm putting him first. I don't just come to church because it's a duty. I come to church because it's a place where I hear God. It's a place where his name is. It's a place where I can connect with God. This is my altar. Amen? Amen. God built so Churches are a multi-franchise of heaven. There are altars all over the earth. And sometimes people are in a place where there is no church and they got to do what they got to do in that place. Amen. But we got to this beautiful place. We can come. We can worship the Lord. We can connect with the Father. We can offer our sacrifices and we can hear his word. His presence can be with us. Amen. But he wants us to honor him. We got to honor him in how we live, how we speak. We don't give honor to the devil. I don't care what the devil's doing. So what? I care what God's doing. That's what I care about. Yeah, the devil may show up over there, but God's bigger, God's greater. I want to talk about what God's doing. I want to talk about where God is. Amen? I don't want to give the devil any publicity. I'm not the PR uh, agent of the devil. I'm the PR agent of heaven, glory to God. And I'm going to reflect the goodness of God in how I live, how I speak, how I think, what I do, how I treat people, glory to God. And we're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to experience the goodness of God. He's going to reward our honor like he does. He calls us his own special possession. He calls us his people. Oh, that's my people. God loves his, he's, God loves his people. I mean, when, when Jesus was getting baptized, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. Don't you want to hear God say that about you? Tomorrow when you get up, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. That's, 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 that's my boy. Do my will. Way to go. That's my daughter doing my will. Praise God. Jesus will get up and cheer you on. Hallelujah. This is an encouragement today. It's a little different. I, you know, sometimes I look back at my sermons and I'm like, man, but God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. I just flow with him. So we're going to honor the Lord right now. Number one, we're going to worship him. Number two, we're going to trust him. Number three, we're going to believe him. You know, God is not honored by unbelief. God is not honored by doubt. God is honored when people embrace what he said and take it as theirs. Say, today, I'm embracing... My miracle. I'm embracing my breakthrough. 
I'm embracing my victory. I'm embracing my peace. I'm embracing my strength. Hallelujah. See, you're taking ownership of it. God needs some people to, uh, if you can, stand to your feet. And if you're not comfortable standing, you can sit, but you can still praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to offer up some praise to God because we honor him. He is the reason why we're here. Amen. He deserves our honor. He is.